From the PSIA ASI studios in Lakewood, Colorado, I'm George Thomas. You're listening to First Chair. And tonight we've got uh, Eric Rolls as our guest, national team member. And Eric's going to be talking with us about guest service and people skills. Eric, thanks so much for taking the time. My pleasure. Now, Eric, guest service, people skills, this is a topic that you've been interested in for quite a while or really become an expert in. Uh, you made a presentation on this at Ushuaia Interski four years ago, and now the team has really been building on this. Why is that? Well, guest service is one of the most important things we do when we're teaching people. And that's just it, George. We really want to focus on the people and teach people how to ski and ride. So it's important to connect with them. And I see you titled your presentation, Creating Connection to Grow Conversion. Yes. So it's a pretty sad story that the conversion rates nationally is only 17.5%. So that means that a skier rider trying the sport for their first time, we only get 17.5% to return again, which is devastating for what we try to do. And Eric, is that return for a lesson or return to ride or ski? So the way it's, it's calculated is they look at whether a person puts down a type one skier or a type two skier when they get their rental forms. So when they're trying it, they, uh, they put down type one. And then when they return and they feel that they're an intermediate, a novice intermediate skier rider, they'll put type two. So it's really the difference between somebody saying, I've tried skiing, I've tried snowboarding, the difference between that and saying, I am a skier, I am a snowboarder. So getting them to that intermediate level where they make skiing and riding part of their identity and part of who they are is what we're aiming for. Okay, 17.5% is a pretty dismal number. Let's get into the meat of this. <laughs> How can we make it better? So... Creating an experience for the guests, for our students, will help them feel a part of skiing and snowboarding. So beyond just teaching them the skills, you know, giving them an experience on how to explore the mountain in a way that works for them as an individual will help them love it and hopefully increase that number by getting them to come back and enjoying what we like to do on the mountain. And so people skills have really become a, a hot topic here. And I know that it's going to be a big presentation for the U S team at uh, the upcoming interski kind of lead us through how this comes together, how we can really build our strengths and our people skills. Sure. Yeah. So there's, you know, there's some opportunity for new instructors that get into teaching and we start putting them into the certification process and immediately they start to focus on the technical side of skiing and snowboarding. And oftentimes they have 
people skills coming in. They want to be with people. They want to teach people. And then they get really focused on the technical side. And then their, their skill sets tend to veer in that direction. And what we found is if people really focus on a more personal connection with the guest, the guest is going to have a much better experience and the instructor is going to have a much better experience. So the goal is to really use some of those existing people skills, those interpersonal skills that that people bring to the learning environment, both the the student and, and the teacher, and really, really try to highlight those while we're teaching people. And that's going to get them more excited about it. And we're going to be able to teach them more as individuals as opposed to, you know, a canned progression of some sort. We can really kind of personalize their experience. And getting to know them is the key. To, How do we do to, that in uh, a group exhibiting. setting? So just, just learning about the student. So typically when we meet a student, you know, we find out some really basic things and then some, when it, some really cool things happen when you find things in common and the conversation just starts to get into something you find in common with them, whether it be, you know, where you're from, um, other things you like to do, you know, and, and that's great. And that's, that's a good start, but really to get what the, you know, to really shape the experience of the student, you want to find out more like what motivates, what motivates the student, you know, or students and also creating that group dynamic uh, between the students as well can, can really shape their experience. Now, as people, uh, when we're seeing a group, is there that, uh, Oh, tendency to want to jump to conclusions about someone based on appearance. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think, I think reading the student is super important, you know, uh, reading them as they're walking up to the, to the meeting area, you can get a general sense by how they carry themselves. You know, are they nervous? Are they excited? You know, are they, how are they carrying their gear? How are they dressed? Those are all definitely clues that can help kind of build a story of that guest. And that's something that you can, you can work from, but the key is to really find out more. You really want to find out more about the student so you can figure out what is their why, what makes them tick, what's going to give them an awesome experience today and reading the students a good first step to that but really engaging with them getting past some of the cliche questions where are you from where are you staying how long have you been here those are all great those are key but as you get to know them during lift lift rides and watching them learn you can really you know make a more personalized connection with them learn more about them and then really shape the rest of the day. So this personal connection 
And the reading of this person is really going on throughout the entire lesson. We're not talking about something that just happens when you're welcoming them to the resort and your class. Yeah, totally. Yep. You're always, you're always kind of reading the scene, reading the group dynamics from student to student. You know, how are they responding? You know, are they, are they over-challenged so they shut down, you know, and they're being quiet? Or maybe they're just thinking. Maybe they're processing the information. It's hard, it's hard to say, and we don't want to make assumptions. So we want to talk it out and, and ask questions, and even more so than ask questions, be the best listener ever. It's really about being a good listener. Now, listening, one of the best things I ever heard with listening was from Jeff Johnson, who said, listen to remember rather than respond. That really had an impact on me when I heard that phrase. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great phrase. Yeah, really. I, I, um, I heard another saying, you know, we, we want to be collecting the dots to connecting the dots you know, to be connecting the dots. So you're like collecting these, these data points of information and you're, you're just collecting them so you can have a deeper connect with them. Now, Eric, this is tough because I have a lot of questions, but I want to hear what you have to say about listening skills. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, as someone who's I don't, leading the class, how can we change our uh, mode to where we're really becoming good listeners rather than just communicating? Well, it's tricky, George, because we often have a lot we want to share. You know, we get excited to share it. That's one of the reasons why many of us love this is that we get to share and watch people learn from it. It's very rewarding. So one, one good tactic would be to, every time you get on the lift, ride up with someone different, you know, a different group, and just make it a goal to learn about them and listen. Ask very open questions and just sit back and listen. It's really, it, it, it can be tricky because you want to you wanna add to the conversation, but it's really not about you. It's about them. And I'm sure they'd be uh, happy to hear you tell stories all the way up the lift ride, but try to think about asking them questions that will get them to open up and just sit there and listen. And you're making me think too now, the open-ended question rather than just saying, did you understand what I said? And in a group, that yeah, response yeah. is so awesome, or often going to be, well, yeah, because I don't want to embarrass myself and say that I didn't. <laughs> yeah, or even, how did that feel? You know, that's like, oh, good, you know, instead of, what did that feel like? You know, what was the sensation? Or, or tell me about a time that you were most happy I mean, we can go that, that direction, or it could be, you know, what's the best vacation you've ever been on? What's your favorite day on snow ever? And by asking questions like that, they'll give you all the answers that you need to shape their awesome day. 
Uh, you're making me think too about the questions we ask. It's really, it really is an information gathering on our part because when I ask you where you're from and you say Florida, that tells me you might not be used to the altitude. Uh, you got here last night. Did you have anything to drink? I mean, you could really find out some things yeah. that are going to affect how the person's going to be in your lesson. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and I would say George is to, to follow up with another question for all, you know, they just moved to Florida, but they'd been living in Utah for a while and are very comfortable in the Alpine environment. And they just took a new job. You know, it, there's so many different possibilities. I think the key is to not make assumptions, but still use those as cues to kind of trigger your next question. You know, how long have you been living in Florida? You know, and then, you know, asking about, you know, are they comfortable in the altitude? Have they felt any effects on it? I think, uh, I think some people don't, ask questions as direct as they could, you know, when they learn something about them, they kind of ask a question just to ask a question and then make assumptions. So I think it's important to really, you know, ask the follow-up question after the question, if that makes sense. <laughs> That's where, where you're going to find the, 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 the best nuggets of information. Now, how do we structure this, say, with children? Are you doing this both with the ch the child as well as the parents? Usually the instructor has an interaction with the parent in the beginning and the end of the day. So, and the parent usually knows the child best. So it can be to your advantage to ask the parent, you know, some some questions that, Will, will help you, you know, manage the, the child's emotional state. You know, whether it's, did little Johnny eat breakfast this morning? You know, or even asking, asking little Johnny, oh, when you got in last night, or was it dark out? You know, that, that may mean there was a late night. You know, did you come in on an airplane? Oh, you're from the East Coast, and we're on the West Coast, so now you have a time difference. So, you know that that child's probably going to be hungry <laughs> early. <laughs> so shaping your day or they're going to, they're going to bonk early and you won't be able to even teach them all the cool things that you want to and explore the mountain like you want to. So yeah, there's a lot of other factors. And if you can, if you can keep pulling that out, you know, from the kid or from the parent, it'll allow you to really pace your day a lot more. And people can tell when we want to connect. Yeah. Yeah. And they want to, a lot of times they want to connect with us too. You know, hear our story. You know, what do you do in the summer? You know, that's a classic question. Well, they'll ask me, what do, what do you do in the summertime when you're not snowboarding? You know, and you could tell the people that are, um, you know, that, that are maybe in, in, in guest service industry, they're really good at connecting. I do try to steer away from, from getting too much conversation around work because they're on vacation. 
it's a tricky one because you can learn a lot about them by knowing what they what their profession is. If somebody is an engineer, I may take a little different approach than if someone is an artist, let's say, or a musician. Now, Eric, I have heard you ask this question, and uh, what is the difference to you? Are we teaching skiing and snowboarding to people, or are we teaching people to ski and snowboard? So I feel that the uh, the best approach is to teach people. We learn about the people so we can teach them in the way that's going to be most effective for them and give them the ultimate experience. If we just teach them skiing or snowboarding first, then it's a lot more generic. And if we teach the people first, they seem to pick it up faster and they seem to really enjoy it a lot more. So there really is a difference there, not just semantics. Yes. Yes. I feel that the, and, and, and people across the industry that have had conversations with, uh, they really, we, we really feel that, you know, connecting with the person first is the key ingredient to it. And even if you're not great at people skills, you can do a couple methodical things that will help set your day up really well if you just keep that in mind. Or let's say you're really good at people skills, but you are in a lesson and you just you get stuck. I've had I've I've presented to some instructors before and they're like, "Well, I feel I feel like my people skills are my biggest strength. I said, okay, great. Well, just think about it during that time when you're just not quite connecting with someone, when you're not quite connecting with someone like you did your last 20 students. Think about how you can get a deeper connection with that person. You're going to have to try a little harder to find that connection and then blend it into the lesson experience. So, I feel it's super important to to connect through interpersonal skills. Even if you're you're not that good at it, you can get great at it with practice. Now, question for you: Is there looking at the beginner conversion rate? What actually is the rate of an instructor, a new hire instructor, coming back? That seems to vary school to school. But the nature of it being a seasonal job, some people doing a gap year, you know, they get work for six months and they, they go on to do other adventurous jobs or just a different job. Uh, I've seen uh, different stats from uh, different different regions. Typically schools, larger schools, they are replacing a third to sometimes even half their workforce each season, which is pretty scary. And we're convinced that through people skills, they're going to find more purpose in their job by connecting with people, not just in the grind doing mass production of skiing and snowboarding, turning left and right. They're going to find more purpose in what they do. 
and really enjoy the job more and return the next year because they love it so much. So we're really hoping that by building connections, we're going to have our students coming back and keep more of our staff. True. Yep. That's the, that's the goal. And you know, when we've asked other, other countries and uh, other organizations, it's fascinating because they all agree. They're like, Oh yeah, no, you have to be, you have to be nice. You have to be a good person. Yeah. People skills. And they almost blow it off because it's so obvious. But what's cool is uh, PSIA, ASI is really focusing on it as a key trait as part of our developmental framework. So we want to balance a person's technical skills, their teaching skills, and their people skills. And that's what's going to make a well-rounded instructor. National team member Eric Rolls, thanks so much for joining us on First Chair. Really appreciate you taking the time this evening. It was my pleasure, George. Thank you so much for having me. From the PSIA ASI Studios in Lakewood, Colorado, I'm George Thomas.